Welcome to Money with Alpha, where I share simple tips for how to make, save and invest money while also connecting your values with your lifestyle so you can achieve the life you really want. You will also hear interviews from real people as they share the ups and downs of their money journey. After all, we are all on a journey and what better way to learn about money than to hear what hasn't and has worked. Hi, and welcome to this latest episode uh, where I'm going to talk about preparing for end of financial year um, as we approach June 30, which in Australia is the end of our tax and financial year. Um, And it's probably likely the time of year that a lot of us cringe about because we know that it's sort of all of these things are just going to compound at once and things get due, paperwork gets sent to us, due dates for things. It's just something else that gets added to the list of the money things that we have to do. Now, as an ex-tax accountant, the end of financial year is has always been sort of like a climax in a drama story. There's all these actions and all these things that build up to da, 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 the tax return. <laughs> and yes, I am deliberately dramatizing it a bit, but it does feel heavier than other times of the year. Now, while it's by no means an exciting or sexy topic, um, I see this as a chance to also reflect on the year that has been and to see how things have gone financially. So there's some, some tasks which I'm going to talk about in this, in this episode, uh, which aren't necessarily driven by end of financial year, but because it's sort of a, a review period, it's actually quite a good time to, to sort of do these things together because they're related. Um, so at the end of the end of each year, I, I have five tax returns that I prepare and lodge. I do my own. Um, I do my husband's and my mother's and my father's and our business tax return. Uh, and there's all sorts of goodies in there. There's investments and other things. So they're not without complexity, but I try um, and make it as simple as possible because as you might be aware, I'm a fan of simplicity. Uh, and that also means setting things up to be as automated as possible. I'm a huge fan of not having to redo things. Um, and if it can just, I can do something once and that can play out on its own in the background without me having to do anything else. Big fan. So now there's some things that you can do to make this time of year um, less of a paperwork nightmare. Admittedly, if you aren't doing some of these things already, you might want to start doing them from July onwards to make your next end of financial year even easier. So the way I set up my money investments is also pretty simple. So it makes doing my tax return a pretty quick exercise. Uh, And I'll go through some of the things that I do um, shortly. And to make this even simpler to follow, I'm going to break it up into um, the five money pillars that I use in my program so that it's easier to, to sort of digest and it's sort of compartmentalized. So here we go. So firstly, income. During the year, you'll have hopefully earned some income. So I suggest sit down for five minutes and write a list, the old fashioned way, pen and paper, of where your money's come from. It could have been salary, casual or contract income, uh, consulting income, business income or investment income. This is, do this as a, as a, a reflection exercise. You don't need to write down the amounts that you earned in any of those areas, just the places the income has come from so that you can make sure it's all accounted for and just take a bit of stock of what's happened because we rarely sort of stop and look back and go, oh, wow, I, I did all that or, oh, wow, okay, I thought I'd do more. Uh, but it's whatever, whatever the outcome ends up being, it's well worth spending a bit of time on it. 
So apart from this, like I said, going into the tax return, um, it's a it's a good reflection exercise. And then you can compare this to the spending, which is coming next, and see um, whether there are areas that you may need to pull back on, or you can find areas where you could actually spend more. So if you are in a small business and you're like, oh, wow, I really didn't actually spend much in advertising, and then I had income here as a result, I could really sort of spend some more perhaps. So it's it's a good way. Or you could be like, wow, we spent a lot on home repairs last year. Let's um, let's let's see how we can pull that back this year and maybe push things out into sort of um different sort of financial years or periods of time. So if you made more in income than you did the year before, that is definitely worth acknowledging and celebrating. I'm a big fan of celebrating. That doesn't mean go crazy and spend a whole lot of money. You can celebrate in a lot of ways that are actually free, but do something that acknowledges the the achievement. So next pillar is spending. Now, spending can be pretty confronting. <laughs> and um, while you don't need to delve into all of your spending from a tax perspective, unless you're a business owner, the end of financial year is a good opportunity to have a look at your bank balance and check on the outgoings that have happened. And these days, most banks will show you your spending habits or trends on a monthly basis, and you can see where the spending has sort of peaked and, 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 um, and gone down as well. The peaks are often related to big bills coming in, which could be like insurance or car repairs, home repairs, or new appliances. I remember in one year, we had our hot water system break, the dishwasher broke, and the pool pump broke. <laughs> so that was a pretty expensive year. And one of the things that you can look at doing is um, in terms of spending that has a tax benefit is donations, especially towards the end of financial year, because there's more of a there's a closer sort of relationship between the spending and the, the tax um, deduction. So have a look at what your favorite causes are and um, look at, at donating to them. If you haven't already during the year, if you have, make sure that you keep the the, um, the tax receipts. And also, you know, obviously the, the tax deductible provided they're a registered charity. So that's that's one way you can have spending that is tax benefit. Um, and if you're a business owner and you lodge your business activity statement or BAS on a quarterly basis, then you should only really have the last three months of expenses to go through and record what is tax deductible. If you only do this once a year, I really hope you've been at least creating a deductible pile, preferably in a spreadsheet, so you can more easily identify what your tax deductible expenses are. All right, I'm going to move on now to saving. If you've been saving during the year, you will likely have earned some interest, although admittedly probably not a huge amount considering the current interest rates for um, savings and term deposits. <laughs> um, if you've provided your tax file number or TFN to the financial, financial institution that you save with, um, the earned interest should automatically populate into your tax return. So again, that's where the automation side comes in, which I'm a big fan of. Where you haven't been saving, I would recommend at least putting a small amount away each month. Put it on autopilot, even just to get into the habit of saving. It could just be $10 a week or more, whatever you can manage. And it's amazing how consistent, sa consistent savings grows over time. And even better, the impact on how you see yourself is worth it. Never underestimate the mental side of money. And this drives most of our money habits, especially the spending side. All right, next is investing. So where you're investing outside of superannuation, you will likely have either paid income, being paid income, sorry, through a dividend or a managed fund distribution, or you've experienced a capital gain or loss. Any income, gain or loss is accounted for inside your tax return. And here are some of the things to look out for. 
Keep an eye out for the annual statements from any managed funds that you are in. If you gave them your tax file number, and if you haven't already done this, I would highly recommend doing it because it makes tax time much easier, then any income gain or loss will automatically populate into your tax return. If you own any shares or ETFs as in exchange traded funds, the trading platform that you use should provide an annual statement, which is formatted in a way that tells you which fields to populate in your tax return and the amounts to put in those fields. That way you don't have to calculate anything, it just enter the numbers in the right places in the tax return. Nice and easy. Um, when it comes to superannuation, you may also want to add extra into your super account. You might already salary sacrifice into super, which is great. Um, in the financial year ending 30 June 2022, which is now, uh, or this year, the annual threshold for making tax concessional deposits into your super fund has increased from $25,000 to $27,500. So you can put extra amounts into your super fund up to that annual amount without paying any additional tax in your super fund. If you do this, be sure to notify your super fund that you intend to claim this extra amount that you've paid in as a tax deduction in your tax return. Now, this is important. There is an ATO form, um, so Australian Tax Office on their website. I'll put the link in the notes, um, which you can complete and you send that to your super fund. So it's the sort of notification of intent to take to tax deduct and an after tax amount that you're paying to them. Your super funds may have their own form that you can complete, so just check. But I'll put the link to the ATO form at the very least. Complete that and send it back to your super fund. They then have to acknowledge this has to happen before the end of June. They then have to acknowledge this and then you should be okay to claim your after-tax contribution into your super fund as a tax deduction. So broken down, making extra contributions into your super fund from your after-tax income Fill in this form, send it to your super fund. Uh, it's also a good opportunity to check that your binding nomination with your super fund is still valid because they do expire every three years. So just a good time to check that. And lastly, legacy. While this isn't linked to end of financial year, it's a good opportunity to make sure that your will is still valid, that you have an enduring power of attorney, and it's also got the right people in there, that nothing's changed over the last year and that you have an advanced health directive, again, with the right people and the right clauses in there. While these aren't things that you need to do every year, it's more of a check to make sure that they are done and are current. So some final words on helping you be ready for end of financial year. Throughout the financial year, put anything you think might be tax related into a folder, either a physical folder or a folder on your computer. That way, when the time comes, you take out that folder, and if you're using an accountant, you can hand them the folder. Or you can start to further organize the paperwork if you haven't already put everything into a spreadsheet, <laughs> which will make your life even easier. I'm a huge fan of spreadsheets. And that way you'll be a bit more prepared um, the next time 30 June comes around. So if you have any questions, um, feel free to email me at support at money-madesimple.com.au all the best for the end of financial year.